Hello, office mates. Welcome to a fresh episode of the Wildcat Offense, hosted by me, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sports. Uh, before we get into this week's Victory Wednesday, I just want to thank each and every one of you for supporting the podcast throughout the past few weeks. It's been really meaningful for me to give out this content to you all and keep this project going. Please feel free to share the project with friends, family, colleagues, anyone that's willing to engage in a conversation and perhaps take my thoughts on Northwestern's football and men's basketball seasons. You can find these podcasts at Opsie Sport, that's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. All podcast platforms, YouTube, and on Instagram. Once again, that's spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Well, homecoming weekend is in the books, and our Wildcats are back to 500 with a win over the ever-so-mighty Howard Bison. Northwestern was going in as a heavy favorite, given that Howard is an FCS school. However, like I said in the last episode, you don't ever want to take those teams lightly, and this game showed why. Northwestern only came away with a three-point victory, winning the game 23-20. Northwestern opened up scoring at 12.51 in the first with a 35-yard touchdown run from Brendan Sullivan, who subbed in for Ben Bryant at the QB1 spot. 8.53 in the first, Xander Mueller forced a safety. Cats go up 9-0. With 26 seconds left in the half, Bryce Kurtz has a four-yard pass from Brendan Sullivan. And the Cats go up 16 to nothing at half. The Bison don't give up, however. They score at the 7.05 mark in the third. Deshaun Scroggins with a one-yard run. 16 to 7 Cats. Cats respond with a 35-yard pass from Sullivan to Cam Johnson. Cats go up 23 to 7. That play took place. 2.46 left in the third. 7.40 in the fourth. Eden James goes for a 64-yard touchdown run to make the game 23 to 13 cats and then Jarrett Hunter of Howard makes it 23 20 unfortunately for the bison they do not convert on the onside kick Northwestern runs out the clock and they hang on for a 23 to 20 victory the cats improved to three and three while the Howard bison fell to two and three on the year looking at individual stats Brendan Sullivan, 13 for 18, 131 yards, two touchdowns, got sacked four times. Cam Porter led the way rushing with 18 touches, 78 yards. Cam Johnson led all receiving with four receptions, 55 yards, and one touchdown. The other touchdown going to Bryce Kurtz. Quentin Williams went 18 for 30 with 169 yards, got sacked three times for Howard. Eden James led the way rushing, 21 touches, 177 yards, one touchdown. As for the receiving, Richie Ilaraza, 7 receptions, 65 yards. For a minute, it looked like Northwestern was going to put away the game after three quarters. However, the good thing about this Howard Bison team is that they don't give up. One thing I will say I was wrong about was I expected a lot more running. However, as you see in the stats that I mentioned earlier, Quentin Williams threw the ball 30 times. Though they were trying to get a lot of yards after catch, a lot of short plays, the defense of Northwestern was good enough to snuff it out. 
However, there seemed to be a different game plan for the Howard Bison going into this week's matchup. As for the Cats, to see Brendan Sullivan in there um, for Ben Bryant, I hope Ben Bryant is okay first and foremost, but he did his job. Though he didn't pass for a lot of attempts, again, only 18, that meant that Northwestern was actually the one doing most of the running. And of course, Cam Porter came to the occasion with 78 yards after 18 touches. Though, Brendan Sullivan does have the one rushing touchdown. However, what I did like was that even though they made the game closer than it needed to be, I will say Northwestern tried to play as complete of a game as possible. Now, there was one issue that I really um, had, and that was at the uh, 12.07 mark in the fourth quarter, the Cats were in Howard territory at the 36. Um, they could have maybe tried to go for a field goal, a long field goal, get the points, try and um, put the game further away, if not completely away. But looking back on it, I understood why they went on fourth down. Perhaps that was a little bit out of range for Olsen. And, of course, you were kind of in four-down territory, so punting the ball wasn't really going to be helpful. But at the same time, if you don't convert, you give Howard a chance, and you'd hope that you trust your defense to put up numbers against them and keep them from the end zone. That, unfortunately, didn't happen, right? Because on the ensuing possession, um, on the ensuing possession, Howard ran it all the way to the house for a touchdown, uh, courtesy of Eden James. So it is what it is, but as we always say, a win is a win. And of course, with this team already exceeding expectations, three wins at this point in the year seemed damn near impossible. Well, guess what? That's the reality. And this proud alumni who went back for that this homecoming game this past weekend. I can say I'm nothing short of thrilled. Though I would have again loved the uh loved the game to be a lot more a lot more decided for lack of a better term instead of winning 23 to 20. But kudos to the Howard Bison for never giving up. That's the biggest thing that I took away from watching them. Uh they have they've always had my total utmost respect as do all HBCU programs, but the fact that Howard came to fight despite being down at the half and almost stole the game, which, again, Northwestern has had a problem losing the FCS teams at home in recent memory, giving it to them and pushing them to the end. It just so happens that they just ran out of time, as uh, they say, right? But overall, I'm very happy about the win uh, by the Cats. Before I go into my next... Uh, piece of conversation, my next take here. I did want to say for the Bison, Carson Hinton led the way tackling with eight tackles. He also had two TFLs, one sack. Ray Williams and Terrence Holton also came home with eight tackles. For the Cats, Xander Mueller led the way with seven tackles, three TFLs, two sacks. Next closest uh, cat in the tackle category is Coco Azima. Darren Johnson and Rod Hurd with five apiece. So 
what I want to talk about here is that the Cats are going to go into a bye week this weekend. So no Northwestern football this weekend. I know that's kind of sucks because, of course, we want to see our Cats go ahead, do our thing, surprise not only ourselves, but also the Big Ten uh, for that matter. Because, again, like I said before, this team is exceeding expectations in my honest opinion. Again, I've had people tell me that this team probably wasn't going to win a game. And after six weeks, it's crazy to think that we're halfway through the season in terms of games played. A lot of people would have told me that, oh, Wes, I know you're a proud Northwestern alumni, but this team's going 0-6 after six. No one in their right mind would have probably thought 3-3. Three and three. Me personally, I probably thought it was going to be 2-4, and four, but shoot, 3-3, three and 3-3. Three, three and three. I don't know how many times I'm going to repeat this, but man, I am so happy for Coach Braun and company. The next matchup that the Cats will have will be Nebraska at Nebraska. So the last time the Cats faced the Cornhuskers was in Ireland, in which the Cats came away victorious, and that was their only win of the year, unfortunately. So not to compare teams, but if we take a look at last year's team and this year's team, one and five after six last year, and three and three over um, this year. It could be a realistic expectation to think that going into the bye week, the Cats are going to do everything they can to not only recover from the nail biter win over the Bison, but to prepare as best as they can to keep that winning momentum against Nebraska. And improve to a winning record at four and three now that, that will be a tough task i'm not gonna lie to you it is gonna be on the road and nebraska also has a 500 record if i am not mistaken and they're also coached by one of the better football coaches in the game in matt rule so for those who need a refresher on who matt rule was matt rule i believe was the coach at baylor and then went to the NFL with the Panthers for a hot second. That didn't work out there. And he returned back to the college ranks and now has a pretty decent start to the season with the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Of course, he made news not too long ago with uh, the Sanders family and Colorado because I believe Nebraska went out to Boulder to play the Buffs. And the Buffs obviously put a number on them, as it does most people would want Coach Prime teams to do. And of course, Shador Sanders said something about Matt Rule. Matt Rule said this. And it just became a whole fun thing to see in the media. However, we're not here to talk about the buffs. We're here to talk about the cats and how the cats are going to beat them. Hopefully. But hopefully this bye week does give the team a chance to reflect and get ready for the next game. Because there's nothing to lose, in my opinion. I mean, 3-3. Three and three, with a chance to go four and three and perhaps be bowl eligible. I know that sounds crazy. Probably a lot of you might think that, oh, Wes, you shouldn't be talking about bowl eligibility right now. Like you're only three and three. Yeah, but that's halfway to the bowl eligible mark, if I am not mistaken. So in order to get there, you need to get wins like this one. Maybe steal a game or two with the remaining schedule left, or maybe better yet, win a game at Wrigley, right? But one game at a time, I'm so happy to 
see the cats victorious and victorious alive i had the pleasure of going to the game this past weekend um i know i addressed this uh past weekend as homecoming i'll be honest with you all i did not realize that until i got there so as a class of 2022 alum it was cool to see uh ryan field and all that hoopla like just be vibrant be exciting um a lot of alumni came out a lot of the uh hbcu alumni not just howard but also like i saw a couple of tennessee state i saw a couple um texas state uh but i would be i would not be hard pressed to believe that there weren't any fans that were maybe grambling fans southern fans jackson state fans that were at the game i just happened to not see them but of course whenever a team like howard kind of like how i mentioned in last week's episode when an hbcu has an opportunity to come to a major market like the chicagoland area and play a power five school of course the support is going to come out and be there doesn't matter if it's that specific program or not and also the tailgate with all the uh fraternities and sororities coming out and bumping their music getting uh, lively getting lit you know that was just so cool to see that um especially when again you get the best of both worlds right but it's just cool to see nu play against quality competition like this that they wouldn't get to see otherwise and it goes the same way for uh last week's opponent seeing northwestern because of course they wouldn't consistently see power fives on the schedule except for that one or two times a year like this past weekend but before i get out of here i just want to say that um I'm happy that NU got the win. They played as well a game as they could to maximize the strengths of uh, Brendan Sullivan and using the weapons that he has, such as Kurtz, Cam Johnson, Cam Porter, and the defense did everything they could to make sure that Howard did not get comfortable. Of course, it got a little rocky in the end, but then again, a win is a win, right? And uh, one last thing, I want to give a special shout out to my buddy, Ryan O'Connell, who is a recruiting coordinator at the school. Um, I've known him for a couple years now. We go way back uh, through our internship days and to see him be on a Big Ten staff. He's a fellow Big Ten uh, graduate, uh, graduated from Wisconsin. It was so good to see him and see him thrive in that environment. And uh, the guy's a winner. What can I say? I'm so happy to be his friend. I'm so happy to catch up with him pregame, as well as other folks that I knew from uh, my program, as well as those working in the facilities department that I got to meet during my time as a student there. So it was cool to see everyone, cool to see fellow alumni, meet people, and um, just enjoy the game and just taking all the sight lines because it's been a while since I've been on campus. But okay, enough of my, enough of my, my blabber here. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> but congrats to the Cats for another win. Back to 500. Take the bye week to recharge and get ready for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, next week, we will preview that game, and I will give my prediction on that game and any big news that could happen with the Cats between now and next week. Hopefully, Ben Bryant again is okay and comes back to action. Thank you so much for all your support. Feel free to spread the word of this podcast to friends, family, colleagues, those who want to join in the off-season sport conversation. 
Also take a look into the other catalog of work that Offseason Sport has produced, such as Greatness, an op-ed on today's sports greats, ranging from Shohei Otani to the Philippines women's national soccer team. Once again, that's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Until then, see you next week and go Cats!